0: This is the Diary of an Apartment Investor Podcast. And I'm your host, Brian Briscoe, coming to you with another multifamily brief episode. So today's gonna be a little bit brief, like they all are. But anyway, a couple things I wanted to talk about. You know, it's one of these things that's kind of interesting when people forecast what's gonna happen to the economy. I heard somebody say it and I completely agree with the sentiment. They said that the next recession has been the most forecasted recession coming. In the history of all recessions, right? So when you start looking at what forward-looking data does, you know, people are, are just trying to guess on what's gonna happen. You know, oh my goodness, we're gonna have a recession. I and I I think we we started hearing that definitely over a year ago. You know, the yield curve, something people typically use to predict recessions. The yield curve became inverted about a year ago. And basically what that means is the sentiment on The short-term economy is not good, and people have a lot more faith in the long-term economy. So short-term interest rates go up relative to long-term interest rates because people – like I said, people have – more faith in the economy over the long term than they do in the short term, and so it is a very good indicator of recessions. And you know, most people look at the very high correlation between that inverted yield curve and recessions. But you know, who cares about that? All right, a lot of economists have been predicting recession for quite a while. I remember a year ago, you know, we had negative GDP growth for a couple of quarters, which is only part of the definition of a recession. It kind of has to be in there for a recession to occur, but it's not the only thing that has to happen for a recession to occur, right? So it's kind of like, you know, one out of three conditions were met, you know? So anyway... Why am I talking about this? Well, you know, just looking through the Wall Street Journal today, and it's Tuesday, July 18th. Uh, This episode is going to air Wednesday morning, but there's a couple of articles that are talking about, well, you know, maybe there's not going to be a recession, or maybe we are going to get that soft landing, or a lot of economists are. Changing their forecasts, and they're they're saying it's going to be a much milder recession, or the recession is going to be it's going to start a lot later than we had previously predicted. You know, so bottom line, you know, it, you can't predict stuff like that accurately. And there's probably just as many people who predict wrong as people who predict right. And ultimately, you know, what I started seeing a year ago when rates started going up. And everybody was talking about recession, recession, recession was a lot of people went to the sidelines, they stopped buying, you know, and for a little while I did too, but I mean, quite frankly, I think my hiatus in buying was because I was leaving my previous company. End of the day, you know, I would have kept on buying, but I was in the middle of, you know, a, a little, little bit of a breakup. So and a lot of people were pointing to the upcoming recession and rates and instability in the market and everything else and hence a lot of people just didn't buy right now what do you think about that well it depends on your time frame you know it depends on how far forward looking you are now if you're looking at taking an apartment And doing a really quick value add and selling it in 12 to 18 months. Okay, yeah, last year, probably a good time not to buy, you know, but if you have a much longer view in mind yeah, you should have kept on buying, you know, kept on buying, kept on buying, you know, and a year ago, I mean, it's July right now, a year ago, interest rates were two and a half points lower than they are right now. And people were crying, complaining about, oh my gosh, interest rates are in the high fours or, you know, oh my goodness, the the new loan I'm getting is like a 5%. You know, right now, you know, Fannie and Freddie loans are in the low six. Anyway, it's it's a lot different, but long story short, you know, I, I think, looking at you know economic data and predictions you need to be careful when when looking at that and you, you need to you know make sure that you have a long enough Horizon and you have enough flexibility built into your deals to be able to hold a little bit longer if you have to you know and a lot of the people that are in a little bit of trouble right now have short-term loans they didn't have the ability to flex a little bit you know, and so when rates went up really, really quickly, they were sitting in a position where, like, oh my goodness, we can't sell without losing money, and we can't refinance without putting more money in. So, you know, ended up being a lot of people, a lot of operators, and a lot of investors being in a very bad position before it. So, something I think about a lot is I look back to my very first single-family home purchase. I bought a house in 2007, and. It was August of 2007 and the real estate market you know, started crashing You know, basically October. Your stock market crashed, I think, end of October. And it was probably the worst time, if you're looking at home values, it was probably the worst time ever to buy a house. But had I gone back to that exact time and exact place and made that decision all over again, knowing that the market was going to crash, I still would have bought that home you know it was something that we intended to buy and hold for a long time and when we bought it the the tenants that we put in paid the mortgage so we were breaking even every month on an annual basis we were we were breaking even sometimes into the positive cash flow but end of the day you know we held that property for several years and when we sold it, we made a ridiculous ROI on our money. I mean, partially because of the amount of leverage we've got. I think we got 100% loan with you know, just a little bit of money down. So we, we turned like $3,000, $4,000 into like $104,000 or something like that. So our our return was you know fantastic. But had we been more leveraged, the numbers wouldn't have been as outrageous, but we still would have done extremely well. So looking, looking right now, you know, had you bought last year, okay, right now the prices might be a little bit lower than, depending on where you're at, the prices are probably a little lower than where you purchased last year. But, you know, once again, if you have that long enough hold period, if you're looking to hold five or eight or 10 years, the most likely scenario is the prices are going to rebound. They're going to go up and up and up. And three, five, seven years from now, you're going to be sitting on top of you know an appreciating asset with a lot of equity into it. So you may not hit the uh, types of returns that people were getting in you know 2021, 2022, where you know early 22, where after a 12 month hold you were doubling your equity. But you know there's still going to be solid returns for a long, long time. So anyway, just a little bit of a dose of confidence doesn't, uh, doesn't matter where in the economic cycle you buy, as long as you have enough of a runway to weather out potential storms. And I know that's two different analogies, runways, you know, taking off and, you know, storms, whatever. But anyway, that's it for today. Hope you guys have a great day today and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast by the Tribe of Titans. If you're still listening you obviously liked it so go ahead and subscribe to the podcast leave a five-star rating and review if you haven't already and then make sure to check out our youtube channel which incidentally has a ton of video content that you'll also enjoy and learn from now if you're interested in being on the show